1: contact Mike at Mike Roth at net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
2: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Matt Van Sand. Say hi, Mike.
3: Good afternoon, Mike. Good to be here.
2: Great. Uh, Matt is the uh, president and CEO of the Claremont County Chamber of Commerce, and I really appreciate you being here with us today, Matt. Thank you. Uh, Matt's a certified economic development finance professional, uh, and in 1986, he graduated from uh, the University of Cincinnati with a Master's of Community Planning degree with an emphasis on real estate development, supported by a certification in nonprofit organization management by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Uh, that's a Hell of a credential. That's
3: a mouthful, Mike.
2: It really is.
3: <laughs> Thank you, uh,
2: Carly, the president, and CEO of the chamber. How many chambers? How many chamber members are, actually are there right now,
3: Mike? Uh, it's, it's a rolling number, but uh, we generally. Uh, begin and end of the year with about 800 members. Uh, in the market that we're in right now, of course, it's stabilizing because of the recovery.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but uh, we're in that 800 number, and that puts us within Greater Cincinnati in the top three uh, with Cincinnati USA Regional Chamber, and then also our Chamber of Commerce over in Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably number two in number of members. We also have some fairly competitive and valuable chambers in the northern side of Cincinnati, uh, in Butler County, West Ch- Westchester Chamber Alliance, and then also the Northeastern Site Chamber.
2: Right, right. So there, there's a whole series of chambers in this area, more than I can count, to tell you the truth. That's correct. You know, the small ones, or even the ones that are, I call them hollow, because they exist, seem to be a name only, and never have a meeting.
3: But you know, Mike, years ago I ran into a, a newspaper professional. And he posed the question, why don't all you chambers just merge together and be one chamber? And and we turned that question around and said to the newspaper professional, and why don't you do the same? Why don't all the newspapers roll themselves together into one newspaper? And uh, we had a real lively discussion that each of us have a mission and a purpose in our market. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's unique to our market. uh, And in our industry in particular, no two chambers are alike. So you'll learn as you get out in the market that, the role that the chamber plays uh, will vary from place to place, depending on the partnerships in the region, the needs and wants of the business, uh, the business and industry in that market.
2: Right. Each each chamber seems to be a little bit different. Correct. Uh, maybe you could tell the folks a little bit about the mission of the uh, Claremont Chamber of Commerce.
3: Yeah, Mike. Um, we'd like to say thankfully our mission is pretty pretty clear. We're out there each and every day. Uh, Working to create an environment here in Claremont County so that companies that exist are strong and growing uh, That those that want to start up have a positive startup environment And also that we have the attributes that are necessary to attract companies that are looking for new locations to open their businesses So we pay very close uh, attention then Mike to both locational attributes which companies use to make site selection decisions but we also have to pay attention to what we call those quality of life attributes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, it might surprise you and your listeners to know that the number one reasons uh, reason that companies use from a quality of life standpoint in making decisions about site selection is a low crime rate. Mm. And I can't tell you how many of people on the street, when I ask them that question, what matters to business and industry. They'll tell you, well, it's the ratings of public schools or it's the quality of the hospital or it's a good housing stock. It may be, um, you know, what are our our, uh, secondary educational opportunities? What about recreation? But, Mike, at the end of the day, it's something as simple as a safe place to invest.
2: A safe place for them. As a company and a safe place for their employees to live.
3: Absolutely. So we get up every day and we work to, um, to address those attributes and try to uh, stay in the competitive mix when we're working with companies that are interested in risking their
2: capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're associated and connected to this community, Matt. What, what boards and committees are you currently on or, and have you been on?
3: Mike, um, we try to position at least the use of my time on those boards and committees that impact uh, business attraction, and business expansion. Uh, so I'm involved in the University of Cincinnati Claremont College. Uh, we have a business advisory committee there. And we uh, work with the dean and his staff to make sure that the programs that they offer, that the investments that they make in machinery, equipment, and land, and buildings are supportive of the needs and, uh, needs and wants of, of business and industry in this county.
2: Uh-huh. University of Cincinnati has two separate campuses here in Claremont County?
3: Well, the way it's organized is UC Claremont College is a college of the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's confusing to some folks. So when you go over on main campus, you you may have heard of the College of Design, Art, Architecture, and Planning, uh, commonly referred to as D.A.A.P. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that college has schools
0: mm-hmm. within the
3: college. But in the uh, in the Claremont County area, University of Cincinnati, Claremont College uh, is an, is a, a college within the ranks of UC University, mm-hmm. just like the College of Engineering, the College, you know, uh, College Conservatory of Music.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm on the advisory committee out there, and we try to give the dean uh, some guidance and direction on how to make uh, the investments out there. Uh, try to make sure we stay in touch with the uh, the vocational technical schools. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, do quite a bit of work with US Grant Career Center. Uh, they go through accreditation processes. So they'll bring out in outside reviewers in and uh, so Ken Morrison who's the the, uh, super, the uh, superintendent out there will invite uh, me and some of my colleagues in to give feedback uh, to these reviewers and then also Great Oaks is a major player in vocational technical and and Mike the reason I mentioned those players is because uh vocational technical schools uh, are really uh, uh morphing into huge players uh, the the children and the kids that are coming out of these vocational technical schools today are coming out with many, 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 in fact, hundreds and hundreds of hours of college credit. And another surprise that you Well, college
2: credit, but also technical skills, which are saleable in the marketplace to make them employable.
3: Yes, sir. And, and at the same time, uh, these vocational technical schools have established adult education programs. Mm-hmm. And so you might get downsized or whatever the circumstance may be. In these vocational technical schools are out there, and they're, they're bringing these adults in. They're putting them back into the workplace, uh, sustainable employment. And so here, again, we try to stay close to those vocational technical schools. Mike also raised a little bit of money. Uh have been very involved in United Way mm-hmm. uh, here in uh, Claremont County uh, because we know that there are certain uh, human services that are necessary to help our, our folks in this county so that when they get up in the morning, they can go to work and be productive uh, productive workers. And
2: Are you still uh, with the Boy Scouts?
3: I do a little bit with that. Not so much anymore, um, but uh, do a little bit of work with them. Uh, we have a U.S. grant district office out here. Uh, David Nutt with American Modern Insurance is the district chairman. Uh, so I work with David uh, in part sometimes, Mike, to recruit volunteers. Uh, so my role is sometimes could be uh The connector sometimes it's activating things, making sure people that get connected really follow through. Um, And so, you might see me on boards and commissions that uh, look or you know may be puzzling, uh, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you that this quality of life uh, matter is becoming more and more important to companies that are picking sites to make their investments. And we have companies here in Claremont County right now who are regularly hiring young men and women right out of college, first Mm -hmm. jobs. And what we're finding with those young men and women is some of them like $4 coffees.
2: Oh, like a Starbucks, sure. Yes, Yes, Not to mention a brand.
3: And they don't necessarily want to live in a a, a three-bedroom or four-bedroom house on a half-acre lot where they're spending their evenings and weekends mowing lawns. Uh, They want to jump on their bicycle. They want to run around, have a good time. And so a lot of the work that we do is to make sure that when that company gets here and they're out recruiting and those recruits come into Cincinnati and say, hey, what's in it for me? Uh, We can tell them now, Mike, for example. We have gaming in Ohio now. Mm -hmm. And for many years, you know, that wasn't our story. And for many people in Ohio, gaming in Ohio uh, has has its costs and its benefits. But I can tell you from Claremont County's standpoint, we find it helpful that for these young, what we call the talented workforce, um, after hours.
2: which they want to go to a casino, it's their power.
3: That's right. After hours, do your own thing. Getting around. Mike, they like buses. These young kids like streetcars. They like bike paths. Getting around is. Well, you're not going
2: to put the streetcar here in Claremont County, are you?
3: The young people like (laughs) streetcars. But they also are concerned about cost of living. Sure. Um, You know, these big four bedroom houses that we've been building uh, across this country for the last 20 years uh, on half acre lots, these kids aren't interested in, you know, quarter of a million dollar mortgages. No. They, They put a bed on the floor, they get their technology, and they're ready to go. So a so, good uh, deal of my work is working in that quality of life arena uh, with groups such as the, um, the boys and uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, the, uh, the, the Scouts, um, and then also my guy, I should mention that I is a uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce here in Claremont County. It's, it's really important that I, uh, I work to expand the, really the, the, the impact and the role of this chamber in this business community in the region. Uh, so I spend a lot of time in Cincinnati working with uh, the Greater Cincinnati Chamber of Commerce on their committees. uh work to get our members out here engaged in those committees. Uh, as you know, we have a dual membership arrangement with them, which is a competitive advantage uh, in many ways for the businesses.
2: Actually, it's a fantastic uh, idea that you guys put in several years ago. I know we participate in it.
0: Yeah.
3: And, Mike, it's this simple. Uh, it was probably 10 years ago now that a major employer here in Cincinnati, we ro- relocated them uh, from Hamilton County to Claremont County. And when the project was all done, the executive said, hey, I have two invoices here, uh, one from the regional chamber and one from the Claremont chamber, uh, so I'm going to close the door and you two uh, sit down across the table and you figure out which one of these invoices we're going to pay.
0: Mm-hmm. It
3: didn't take us very long to figure out we better do things together a little bit better. Mike, that was 10 years ago. Today, of our membership, uh, of the revenues that come in from from uh, membership dues over 50% of those dues are attributed to members that are part of this dual membership arrangement and basically it's as simple you, you, if you have a site in Claremont County it's your sole site in Claremont County you don't have divisions all over the region if you have a single site in Claremont County you pay Cincinnati's rate and Claremont and Cincinnati share that revenue mm-hmm. and we both serve that member as if they were a member in Full standing. You can vote on matters that come before the membership. You can serve on committees. You can rise to chamber of the board of directors. It's a tremendous thing, and I can tell you, after starting that ten years ago, today that dual membership arrangement now exists with the Anderson Chamber of Commerce in Hamilton County. Oh, really? It also now uh, is available in the Northeast Cincinnati Chamber of Commerce. Okay, that's good. And then also in some of our special interest chambers uh, here in the region. Uh, the African American Chamber and also the Hispanic Chamber, yep. same deal, dual membership arrangement, but the biggest part of it, Mike, I have to tell you, is is that you know when you get down to it, what we do at the Chamber of Commerce, we have a mission we're here to work with companies, but at the end of the day, Mike we're in the association business
0: mm-hmm. it's real
3: simple you know you go to your church for uh, uh for spiritual nourishment, you go to the Health Club for physical nourishment, you come to the Chamber of Commerce for business nourishment and the more that we can associate with each other the more that nourishment that's going to occur that's going to occur the more leveraging that's going to go on and mike i could tell you a thousand stories we're just two folks bumping into each other with a third person and the next thing you know there's a business relationship
2: you know it's fairly funny when i'm reading your uh bio that you had the dan beard council of boy scouts because uh, the boy scouts of america and all of the councils are going to be one of Sandler's largest accounts for 2013. Uh, There's an existing agreement between Boy Scouts of America and Sandler for us to train them to get better volunteers, more volunteers, and more contributions to Boy Scout activities. Uh, Hasn't filtered down here to me yet, but I'm I'm aware of the contract.
3: Mike, I can tell you that when... uh when the American Modern Insurance Group joined up with the club out here, uh, Dave McNutt stepped up, and year over year, the uh, new uh, achievements that are being uh, reached here in the eastern area market uh, in that particular district are just incredible. Uh, the kids that are joining the club, the money raised to put these kids through camp, I, I think we, were, we really are uh, we're doing a really good job uh, here in Claremont with is understanding that Character really matters. You know? mm-hmm. I have a lot of folks call me Mike. And they they like me to be a, uh, a reference.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and I tell them, guys, I, I can talk about your credentials, your experience on these things, but at the end of the day, I really want to talk about your character. Mm-hmm. I really want to tell this uh, a potential employer that this is the difference that you've made in this community. And we have to start with the kids, Mike. We have to start with these boys and girls that are in uh, elementary school and moving, moving on up. They need our help.
2: They need our help, and we want to stay here in Claremont County, the Cincinnati region. Let's take a a short break here, Matt, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. If you want to call in with a question for Matt, the number today is 646-595-4916. That was 646-595-4916. The commercial is going to fight me today.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: If so you, you have notice. questions
1: or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth.
2: Okay, maybe we can get one of these commercials to run.
1: Bye.
4: Hi, this is Paul Lanigan with Standard Training. And I'm here today to talk to you about rule 21 sell today educate tomorrow Christmas 2002 was a special Christmas for me because I would just completed my first year in business but I had a problem I had a very fast looming tax filing deadline coincidence our luck would have it that there was there's a well-known accounting software company that had a 10-day trial software Offer that was in a local business periodical I called the company and I had my credit card in one hand phone cradle like this under my chin and I called the number a very pleasant sales rep answered the phone and asked me how she could help I said I'm interested in that software package that you have straight away she said oh that's our new product it's just released and it'll do all your VAT returns for you automatically now, VAT is a type of transaction tax we have on business in, in Ireland. But the problem is, sales training companies are exempt from VAT tax. So I told her this. So she then reached into her bag of features and threw another one at me. This will manage all your inventory for you. Of course, it's a training company. We don't have a lot of inventory. You see, she was trying to educate me on her product in trying to sell me on what my need is. Instead, if she had asked me, what prompted you to give us a call, or how are you hoping I might be able to help you, I'd have told her that I needed a solution to file my taxes. I'd have told her that I was frustrated, that I was pulling my hair out, that I needed something fast. Remember the rules, sell today, educate me tomorrow. Sell me on what I need right now, what's my priority, and then tomorrow you can tell me about all the other wonderful things that your product does.
2: Mike Roth. I'm back here with Matt Van Sant from the Claremont Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Matt, let me ask you this question. What is a Chamber of Commerce?
5: Great
3: question, Mike. You know, earlier we talked a little bit about uh, the mission of the Chamber, uh, but, but the story goes kind of like this. Ever since commerce has existed, traders have banded together. And that's why you hear me repeat time and time again this concept of association. Traders have banded together. Initially, Mike, it was to uh, uh, fight for a common cause. And in the early uh, years of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, that was often uh, regulation, uh, taxation. Um, And they learned in the industry that not only do we have to band together for a common cause, but we better get in the business of influencing legislation. Uh, So you begin to see the U.S. Chamber of Commerce be formed in the 1700s of New York Chamber, U.S. Chamber later, uh, but uh, certainly influencing legislation and then at the same time, these business and industry, these traders learned that, hey, why don't we start trying to stimulate trade amongst ourselves? And so, you know, in the common, uh, maybe maybe to the uh, to the regular listener, uh, they might believe or think that the chamber's in the parade business or we're in the directory business or we're in the business of... Uh, uh, of Street selling, festivals. Selling cell phones. Uh, now, Mike, at the end of the day, a chamber of commerce is really advocating for the business's interests. And it's really easy to get lost, to get that lost in the day-to-day operations of education events, networking events, street fairs. But if if the organization is not, uh, let's say, armed up with the resources it needs uh, to step up from time to time and speak out about uh, rules and regulations and things that affect our success, our productivity, our productivity, you know, maximizing shareholder wealth, you know, if the chamber's not doing that, then, then uh, examine yourself. Uh, because at the end of the day, there's lots of other ways to network and to get cell phone discounts. But there's nowhere else you can really go but the chamber uh, to really get the attention of uh, uh, sometimes your elected officials, uh, civic, social, other organizations, really in the interest of all moving forward and developing what we believe we have here in Claremont County, which is a very pro-business orientation. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have reasonably priced land. We can have accessible uh, pieces of land. We can have a good workforce, but you need a pro-business orientation. Uh, customers want to be wanted.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And when you sell a place, Mike, one of the business of selling a place. And we don't every day at the chamber have the chance to uh, control uh, the the attributes of this place. And a big part of that is that those individuals and organizations we work with, we all want to pull in the same direction. And we're very fortunate here in Claremont County that uh, we have a pro-business orientation. So whether it's public finance, permitting licensing, the Chamber of Commerce has the phone number of each and every one of the individuals that we need to get to. And if there's a problem, they'll talk to us. Mm -hmm. And we've learned, Mike, I should tell you that very often uh, when we get a concern or a complaint from a business person about uh, a regulation or a permit or a license, there really are two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing how much work gets done at Holiday and Eastgate at a, at a dinner table. And suddenly uh, one version of the truth comes out, and we solve a whole lot of problems uh, without bringing this to the front page of the newspaper.
2: It's much better when it doesn't go into a newspaper or into a courtroom. Yes, sir. Things happen a lot faster, a lot faster. Um, Matt, uh, before we take much more time I'm going to tell the folks who's going to be coming up on the show uh, next week next week we have uh, Roger Rosa who's the uh, CEO of the Eisen Group, a public relations and advertising agency out of uh, Newport, Kentucky and then we're going to have a CPA on Friday the 8th named Mike McCormick and he's going to talk about how to get discounts From the IRS, or taking all of your available deductions. Tune in. Tune in, yes. Uh, The following week, we're going to have David Bellows, who just sold his company, and uh, he's formed a new company, and he's going to be talking about some of the things you need to know about if you're thinking of selling your company, and he's going to be talking about what his new company is doing in in hard money lending. Uh, On the 15th, we're going to have Glenn Scherzinger. Uh, sure thing, pest control. He's probably going to talk about bugs and what's coming next after bed bugs, or how we're going to kill all the bed bugs. And uh, following week, we're going to have Martin Wilhelmie from UBS. He's going to be talking about investing in these uncertain times. And we're going to then have uh, Dan Nair, a commercial developer. He's going to be coming in and talking. Uh, and the last two in uh, June are Walter Becker, who's going to be talking about how to sell your business or things you need to do before you sell your business. Or we'll buyer business, for that matter, and then Richard Puzzo from Sky Weather. He's going to be talking about how the weather affects businesses. So we have a, a pretty full schedule uh, for uh, for June.
3: Mike, that's a good lineup. I'd be curious when Mr. Nyer is here. Uh, he's in the real estate business. Yeah. Uh, what his views are, of where uh, where we're going with commercial industrial, um, is is uh, we turn the corner, and in many ways the recovery is underway. Uh, great things are going on here in Claremont county with manufacturing mm-hmm. and related industries. uh banking is uh, is active. and so I'll be curious to hear what Mr. Nyer has to say about real estate.
2: Well, make sure make sure for Dan that that you tune in uh over the web on June 22nd. He's on Friday, June 22nd. It'll be a live show, Matt, so you can even call in. Well,
3: what's that number, Mike?
2: That number is uh, 646-595-4916. So far, the number has been the same every week Very With good. an attempt to make it simpler. Uh, and since long distance is free on cell phones, it's not a problem. Uh, Matt, you know, from your perspective at the Chamber, uh, you know, what do you see is happening in the economy? You already said you, think you see things happening. I know I've been watching things happen here. Uh, to an amazing degree uh, in the last 30 days uh, where companies are both hiring those people, investing in their teams. What are you seeing at the Chamber?
3: Uh, Mike, the very same thing. Uh, just a week ago we uh, sponsored an event at the Chamber, Economic outlook Breakfast, and uh, we bring in a gentleman named Brian Bolio with uh, Trend Research. He's been a speaker with us for five years now. He is the chief economist for Vistage, and uh, got a few messages uh, from Brian. Uh, number one, uh, Selby's so message right now is that um, we're going to have about four years of of economic activity. He uh, predicts in 2000 things uh, may slow a little bit. for 12 good, good, 13 strong, 14 little dip, 15, 16, 17. So we're we're, we're we're hearing the phone ring. Uh, we're noticing the uh, is up. Uh, we're noticing attendance at events. And that's an excellent sign. Uh, we know that... Uh, you
2: yeah, had a trade show uh, about a month ago. Yes, sir. Uh, how was attendance in that show compared to the prior year?
3: Attendance was very good. Uh, I would say equal in quantity. What I think we're noticing now is that the quality of the attendee is changing. Uh, because uh, folks, are, folks are on the move. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're sharpening up their marketing plans. Uh, they're getting back into training. Uh, they're really getting ready for what the goals uh, get out there and, and sell boldly. I uh, mentioned earlier the banks. Uh, we're seeing activity with the banks uh, come through. John. in our office, Mr. John Melvin, runs our, our small business development center. John is uh, responsible for meeting with businesses that grow their businesses and works with them to uh, build business plans. He also uh, what's called the Project Review Committee for the Hamilton County Development Company. It reports to me that the number of loans that are coming across their agenda are increasing. Are increasing. Uh, banks still like to do good deals, uh, but I can tell you there are more and more deals coming across his desk I notice his appointment calendar is growing each and every day. Uh, so just anecdotally, just activity is in. And Mike, I'll take this moment to talk a little bit about um, the the relationship with the Chamber of Commerce. And each year we go out and we get folks to be members. Mm-hmm. And when we sit down with well, them, one of the first questions we like to ask them is, "How much time do you think you can dedicate this year to this relationship?" And it's a uh, they say, "Well." what are my options and we start looking at volunteer hours attending event hours um, hours and we try to say guys focus on the effort you're going to build build and put into this relationship and and set aside the cost of the real value is in getting involved and so as i mentioned the activity that we're seeing um, we really are, are what's going on here in Claremont County uh, everybody's heard the news about uh, the Jungle gyms investment. Um, Total Quality Logistics has announced uh, about 575 additional jobs. And these uh, young men and women that are hired over there at uh, Total Quality Logistics, all ages of men and women, uh, the wages that are very, very competitive wages. Uh, Tata Consultancy Services, a uh, software engineering company, here um, that these graduates uh, graduate here in May and June, uh, major recruiting effort, and they're bringing them in in batches of 50 and 100. The call I got, they were at 450, closing in on 500. That's uh... Tata. Yes, sir. Tata Consultancy Services, uh, often referred to in this market analysis. Uh, Millicron Company, uh, strong, 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 doing very well. Um, did a visit recently with another company here in Claremont County, a big township, uh, high, it manufacturing with a high engineering content. Uh, they are now near shoring. Uh, manufactured in China mm-hmm. is now returning to the U.S. for a variety of reasons logistics, uh, money, uh, security. And uh, so you've really seen, uh, particularly in manufacturing, uh, they've been back for three years. They've mm-hmm. been back for three so it's real good. We're uh, getting more and more inquiries every day. Uh, The day. Uh, um, let's say revitalization of the former Ford plant uh, is going very well. And um, you know, shortly you, you may hear an announcement of a dent there. Uh, but UC East went into that facility, uh, 80,000 square feet of classrooms now. Uh, UC East is now negotiating based to put in an advanced manufacturing lab in concert with some of our manufacturing employers mm-hmm. so um, every day the phone rings and we're getting another good another good message so we're real strong on Claremont County
2: well, That's good and what is the mission of the Claremont County Chamber?
3: Well you know Mike what we really try to do is get up each and every day and, and uh, as I said earlier make this a great place to locate operate and grow a business but it's really through three things. One and foremost is that business advocacy we have to get out there and be the voice of business. Uh we take phone calls uh, each and every day, uh you know, about about the the quality of education, the quality of government, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Uh that's key to what we do is is be to be that voice of business, uh, not just here in Claremont, but in the at the state of Ohio and the US level. Economic development, economic growth is critical to what we do here at the Chamber of Commerce. So each and every day we're working to make sure that if there's a public finance tool that we need to bring uh, to the table for a company, we make those connections. If there's some public relations or marketing, we try to work with companies to get the message out, you know, here's where we are, here's what we're doing. Uh, We have tailgates, Mike, at companies just to get the public into those facilities, get to know those executives. Uh, So, you know, everything from public relations and marketing.
2: doing more of those tailgates this year?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, it's been very popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one of those great networking things. But I think more importantly for the host of those tailgates, it's a chance to say thank you to the business community and get folks out of their offices, away from their desks and their phones, and as we we like to say sometimes, belly to belly with somebody and do a little bit of business. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, Mike, and I I spoke lightly of this earlier, uh, but we we do uh, work on cell phone discounts and uh, workers' comp discounts and office supply discounts. And, uh, you know, I would encourage any business out there that's not currently getting a discount on these such costs, that uh, talk to your accountant, talk to your Chamber of Commerce. Um, we're here to, to try to leverage our membership base uh, to get the kind of pricing that makes it more more competitive for you to operate. So let me repeat, business advocacy, economic development, and and member investor benefits. Uh, each and every day,
2: you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I like to look at a chamber of commerce as as a member organization, and so I always ask, what percentage of the total revenue that the chamber is collecting is coming from member fees and, and dues? Yeah. What is it for Claremont?
3: Mike, that's a great question because what I've learned in my work uh, here in Ohio and traveling across the state, uh, or the state of the U.S. and talking to my peers is that every chamber chamber uh, has a different view of how their financial model should be built. you mm-hmm. uh, know, Our revenues come in two forms. One is m- membership dues, uh, and the other is uh, what we typically call program income and grants. Uh, here in Claremont County, we believe a strong membership dues base is important because it tends to position you uh, to, to offer those core services without the risk during a recession or some other economic impact uh, to to have your core services decline because those non dues revenues aren't there. So we're pretty serious in Claremont about having a competitive due schedule. Offer a lot for that dues rate. Uh the Cincinnati September, the dual membership arrangement we talked about earlier is critical. So we're at about sixty forty, sixty percent dues revenues, forty percent non dues revenues. The non dues revenues are typically a ticket to go to an event, a sponsorship dollar to promote a company. Uh, we also do have do have a grant that we receive from the Small Business Administration in the Ohio Department of Development. They put up a buck collectively. The chamber puts up a buck, and we
0: uh,
3: have a uh, public service in the chamber we call the Small Business Development Center. So I mentioned John Melvin earlier, and uh, John is there to, to serve the public regardless of their membership status.
2: So, you know, that would be a good guy, John, to uh, to get on the show maybe in, in July or August. Mike, I
3: think we'd love to have him in here because uh, I think he'd be astounded at, at what John can do. He, he typically sees, and I'm going back a few years, maybe pre, pre-recession, John's seeing three to 500 people a year. Three-quarters of those are the general public. You know, I lost my job. have been working for the man, and I can do it better than him. Mm-hmm. And John sits down with him and says, let's have a reality check. Uh, it might be a banker with a customer who isn't following you know, orders, mm-hmm. and so we'll make sure that we try to get that borrower to listen to his banker a little bit better. But I would strongly encourage you to get John here and here because that's a very valuable service.
2: Good. Let's take a uh, another short break, and if you want to call in, the number again was 646-595-4916.
5: Roger Wentworth with Sandler Training, and I want to talk to you today about Rule Number 25. If you want to know the future, bring it back to the present. You see, it's a common scenario that prospects ask us to do some work prior to really engaging with us. It might be groundwork, it might be an estimate with some solutions, it might be a site survey, it might be a working diagram with some detailed analysis of how we're going to solve their problems, and in our eagerness. To please them, we jump at the chance, because it allows us to show our expertise. The problem is, we don't really know what's going to happen next. You see, your prospects want to know what you know, without making any commitment to you whatsoever. And the typical salesperson is willing to do that. That's when they become an unpaid consultant. So if you want to know the future, bring it back to the present, when they ask you to do one of these bits of work play the let's pretend game it sounds like this okay Bob let's pretend we do that and our solution fits everything you need and it really works well for you what happens next now as a side note make sure you define everything but when you ask this question what happens next watch your prospect closely Because what they're about to do is to tell the future. There we go. The rule is, if you want to know the future, bring it back to the present.
2: This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with uh, Matt Van Sant. Matt, I'm going to ask you one of my favorite questions for the show. You know, we have a theory that simple solutions to complex problems are rarely right. So if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to apply a complex solution. So what I'd like to ask our guests is if you could share with our audience a complex problem that you face uh, over there at the chamber, the solution, and maybe even how that solution might be broadly applicable in other environments.
3: Yeah, Mike, I'd be happy to share with you. Uh, I'm take you back about uh, probably now 10 to 15 years ago. We had a company here in Claremont County whose uh, product was reaching the end of its life cycle. The um, the facility that was in place to produce that uh, product was a good facility, but underutilized far more capacity than perhaps was was put out of that facility. And we we learned that there was a good chance that this particular site might uh, be uh, mothballed. Uh, and we we learned that part of the reason that we were having difficulty at this site and being competitive were, uh, were in part was some of the cost structure and some of those types of things. Well, the good news was that uh, at the same time that this particular manufacturing facility was having competitive uh, challenges, there was some new technology available in the marketplace and a joint venture was formed. And so, a, a foreign company uh, joined with a, an American company, formed a, a partnership, joint venture, and both came together in this manufacturing facility. The American company uh, provided the real estate and building, and the workers, and the uh, European company brought technology and a manufacturing process that was not customary at this particular site. And so we immediately recognized that we had a transformation we had to go through, Mm -hmm. that uh, in order to be successful, these workers, and it was a collective bargaining unit at that time, that we were going to have to go through a little bit of a culture change. At the same time uh, that we had this workforce development challenge, we also uh, knew that in order to make major investments in machinery and equipment to produce this new competitive product, that it was going to be a huge investment. In fact, Mike, it was three-quarters of a billion-dollar investment.
2: Uh, Significant amount of money.
3: Mike, that's almost the equivalent of a Paul Brown stadium and a great American ballpark.
2: Mm, More than that.
3: Yeah, And so in order to be uh, uh, the... uh, competitive in attracting this investment and making this joint venture go forward, it was going to require the uh, cooperation of many units of government because uh, what we've learned in, in here in Ohio and really across the company is that creative public finance tools are absolutely necessary to make the locations competitive. And so as I described earlier to you at the Chamber of Commerce, we get up each and every day to sell Claremont County. In order to do that, we have to have this pro-business orientation. And so from a from a financing standpoint, we knew we had to line up our elected officials in, in units of government, uh, both at the uh, local level, the state level. We also uh, learned in the process, because this was a global project, that uh, foreign trade zone status was going to be necessary. So we knew we were going to be working with the U.S. Department of Commerce. Uh, next, uh, we learned just, just from a logistics standpoint to get this site ready for this new this new product was going to take a whole lot of cooperation. And so we had a complex problem. We had a workforce thing we had to work through. We had a piece of real estate that had to be refurbished. Mm-hmm. We had some major mach- machinery and equipment to come in. And we had to compete for this project because we had a 1,000 employees, Mike, feel who were at risk of losing their job. And what it really took was cooperation. It really took cooperation. It also took recognizing all the players that were going to be part of this project
0: mm-hmm. and
3: sitting down and one by one spending the time face-to-face with these folks explaining the seriousness of this problem Mike we had a two million square foot facility that was at risk of going dark mm-hmm. and we knew right then that we had to call everybody the table and I can tell you it took a lot of folks a lot of courage mm-hmm. to step up and say you know we're uh, we're not going to break our own rules, but we're going we're to create some new policies and do some things that we haven't done before because this is a, a three-quarter of a billion dollar project. So I think for your listeners, the message here is, is that in complex deals, don't underestimate how many people you need to get involved. Spend the time early on to make a list of all the folks that might have an impact on this decision. Now, we had to go to a school board in this community and say, will you forgive some taxes? long-term, so that short-term, we can keep these employees here, living in their homes, sending their children to your schools. And we went to a unit of government, same story. And we went around and around, meetings with these employees. We're going to manufacture new ways here in Claremont County. And it's going to be competitive, and we're going to have to learn to do more than one job. Um, And I can tell you that uh, it was a real challenge. Uh, It took time. Uh, But over time, we we ended up uh, making some changes, turning the facilities operations around, and uh, and it was a real example of of cooperation, an economic development project, cooperation in ways that I haven't
2: seen. So that manufacturer stayed in town. Yes, sir. Those people kept their jobs for a long time. Yeah. And then the situation changed.
3: That's right. Um, That particular product that was produced by Joint Venture, was was beat out by new innovation. Uh, it wasn't but two or three or four years later that a uh, new idea came along. Uh, this was uh, uh, high, high um, manufacturing with high engineering content. It was all about um, efficiency. And uh, so today that facility is going through a new transformation with new tenants uh, doing new things. And I've learned over the years, Mike, that uh, to be adaptable and to adjust is a critical part of what we do in selling Claremont County and selling sites in Claremont County, and understanding that to be in the competitive mix is uh is tough business. We know my that people don't always pick a location. what they really do is they eliminate bad competitors and the game out there
2: that's bad competitors for location
3: correct, correct and so the real you know the real uh, the, the the real success in this is to make sure that all those attributes that contribute to a successful company, uh, you're working each and every day to to maximize those those attributes.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, what are the reuses of that uh, plant today that you see coming in the future?
3: Right now, we have some... um, I mentioned a little bit of uh, manufacturing with high engineering content. There's some uh, real custom manufacturing going on in this facility. Uh, Today, there's a, a trailer maker, so if you've ever... <clears throat> Noticed at the Super Bowl when they're outside the Super Bowl, there are these big vans with all this uh, equipment and radio and TV equipment. Right, uh,
2: electronic that's, vans.
3: That's right. Well, these are big, long, eighteen-wheel truck-type uh, facilities, uh, units, I should say. So that manufacturing is going on in that in that plant today. Today, uh, uh, we are um, uh, melting. Um, we are melting aluminum um, and uh, aluminum um, ingots. I think we call them and. Uh, but anyway, I think it's a sow. Uh, also, but
2: uh, it's, uh, it's a what? A sow? A
3: sow. Yeah, there's a pig and a sow, Mike. I'm, I'm out of my uh, out of my uh, strike zone here, but in uh, in the business of uh, melting metals. And mm. the, the final product are these big big pieces of uh, material, uh, and sometimes little tiny pieces of material. But we got that going on in the facility. Uh, we have another uh, prospect looking at the plant right now Uh, it's it's significant Uh, we should know in the next three months whether we're going to get that deal Uh, so everyone is working each and every day to make that site competitive Um, we also have some uh, education training uh, activities going on at that site in the former office space and uh, that's 80,000 square feet so uh, i you know things go as expected Uh, it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that that building will have the same number of workers in it here in the next three to five years as it did when it was at full production.
2: That's interesting. That that certainly is a complex series of solutions to complex problems.
3: Yes, it is. And, Mike, I can tell you that's going on elsewhere uh, in this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may remember the uh, former uh, 3M company, uh, yeah. U.S. Precision Lens. Uh, they built a couple of buildings over there. Uh, over in um, Yeah, when Claremont projection
2: County. TV was the state-of-the-art, uh, you had to have a 3M set of lenses in your TV That's to get right. the big screen.
3: That's right. We built a big plant, and the next thing you know, that was obsolete. And now, uh, Multicolor Corporation is in that facility, and we have another user in there. And uh, we're very fortunate here in Claremont County that there are job opportunities for people that want to work. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's going very well.
2: Okay. Uh, here in Claremont County, uh, what's going on at the end of that? Can people, companies that want to move in get really good high-speed fiber-optic connections?
3: Yes, yeah, sir. So we're fortunate uh, here in Greater Cincinnati to have some real competitive providers. Uh, so what we're finding in uh, multi-tenant buildings that uh, there is a real competitive market to get those buildings Uh let's just say the infrastructure in those buildings to be all that we need it to be, uh, in the design build projects. Um, what we hear is that again, that, that we have, uh, good, good facilities out here and Mike, that's really important, not just for business and industry, but for things as, uh, uh as important as 911 communications and public safety services, you know, good broadband uh, service, uh, both, uh, Wired and unwired is, is is critically important, and we have a real good operation out here. Our board of county commissioners do a good job with technology. Uh, it's a safe community for our people, so yeah, technology is one of our uh, one of our strong strong suits.
2: Now, do you want to talk about the Eastern Corridor project?
3: Yes, Mike. It wouldn't be an interview without a little mention of of highway accessibility. I mentioned to you earlier that companies are looking. That's
2: that's, that's an old thing. The Romans figured that out. If you don't build a road from uh, the Forum to where you want to go, the troops can't get there, and therefore you're not going to hold the territory. That's right. And this country seems to be built on roads. If the road's not there, you can't get there, and that community dies.
3: Mike, eight out of ten companies still rate highway accessibility as the number one reason for locating their facilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in uh, Claremont County, the eastern corridor we call it is a critical part of our, um, our our highway infrastructure. And really, what we call it now, Mike, is a multimodal program of of, uh, of investments. It's not important anymore just to have highway accessibility, but we have to preserve and protect and invest in our rail lines, both for commuter purposes but also for freight purposes. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure to convert rail corridors into other uses, um, and for example, bikeways, mm-hmm. and we're not against bikeways, but we just want to make sure that we preserve those rail corridors to move people and to move goods uh, across this, this economy. So the Eastern Corridor, Mike, is, let
2: me step back just now, a let, let me touch on that rail thing, because uh, one of our clients is a potential customer for rail, and their biggest complaint to me is... We don't have a rail line. We can't get our stuff from here to there, and we really rather not put it on a truck.
3: That's right. And I'll tell you a number of years ago, Georgia Pacific they handle big, big rolls of paper, heavy sure. rolls of paper. Uh, we we were successful in attracting them uh, to Claremont County simply because of our rail access. And when um, when that building went vacant for other reasons, we turned right around and had that thing filled uh, very quickly. And there is also rail access into that. Manufacturing facilities. So rail is important. but When we talk about modal, multimodal, uh, commuter rail is critical. Uh, we know, Mike, that when the Eastern Corridor study was initiated, that the number two commute for work, the number two commute for work into Hamilton County, into the urban county, was from Claremont County westward, what we now call the Eastern
0: Corridor. Mm-hmm.
3: The number two commute. And we have some congestion, particularly during peak hour. Uh, We're working hard to uh, open that congestion up. Uh, There are a lot of major highway improvements uh, here in southwest Ohio and across the state that are competing for limited dollars. Uh, We get up every day and do all that we can locally on the local area network uh, to make improvements. Uh, I serve on the Claremont County Transportation Improvement District, and uh, we are constantly working to leverage the resources we have uh, with state and federal money uh, to make improvements this summer those of you that are in the Eastgate area of uh, Claremont County uh, will notice that uh, the yellow barrels are going to go up, and we're going to begin to do some work uh, adjacent to the 32 main line to try to make this whole Eastgate area uh, function is, is, as well as we can. Uh, I've
2: noticed they closed daycare. a couple of restaurants at the interchange of 32 and. Uh, yeah, 275 Eastgate East 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 Gate Boulevard. Boulevard. That's correct. What are they doing there?
3: Um, we call that Eastgate North Franny Drive Improvement, and that's really to get some of the movements associated with the Eastgate Boulevard overpass uh, to function better. Uh, there are some movements in there that are dangerous and not very uh, efficient or effective. Uh, so we'll be um, realigning some ramping and doing uh, some of that type of work. But we are also going to be eventually taking Eastgate Boulevard overpass and uh, lifting it up a few feet, which is a new standard and in engineering highways. Again, outside my uh, my uh, territory, but we'll be lifting that deck up a couple of feet and then also making some ramping improvements. We're also investing in something called ITS, I, yeah, Intelligent Transportation Systems, ITS. And what ITS is, uh, is a system of linking uh, traffic lights to sensors to cameras command station so that either during peak hour traffic or during an incident with the flip of some buttons we can begin to keep the traffic moving because we know folks sitting in traffic trucks sitting in traffic is not productive in this
2: economy so that's going to be something that's local and not not moved into uh, Columbus like the, uh, the local highway signs were moved into Columbus
3: yes sir and uh, there there are there are more projects in, in our um, in our low-range transportation improvement plan, but uh, you'll begin to see some work uh, going on here in uh, this summer, a little bit later in the summer. Also up on State Route 28, if you've been up in that area, of Miami Township, some major investments around the State Route uh, 28.
2: Um, How about the uh, uh, 32 and uh, Glen Estee Boulevard interchange? Is that going to be improved? as a, So it's a f- free-flowing uh, freeway interchange globally?
3: Great question. There, um, there are studies underway right now on what's called Segment 4A, and that's what do we do with State Route 32 east of Eastgate? What we know is there are a lot of grade, at grade inter- intersections, mm-hmm. some with traffic lights. There are some write-ins and write-outs, and the bottom line is is that the system's not working uh, the way we need it to work. You know, years ago, I came to Claremont County about 25 years ago. I could get off 275 and be in Batavia in about six minutes.
2: Mm-hmm. Today,
3: during peak hour, I don't want to guess how long it takes to get to
2: the. Well, I've had people tell me that it takes a half hour to but get from gonna- 275 over here.
3: But we know we've got solutions, mm-hmm. and uh, those solutions are some new grade-separated interchanges, or at least one grade-separated interchange, uh, an overpass uh, potentially, along with some new ramping, uh, minimize the impact to the business and industry in the corridor. Uh, and the union township trustees are very, very focused on minimizing the impact and disruption of business and industry, and so we're going to do all that we can to continue to make highway accessibility uh, really one of our uh, advantages um, when we talk to companies that want to come here and, and, and locate in Clermont County.
2: Sure. What I see is up in Westchester, when they put in that union center boulevard interchange, uh, no matter what it cost, the growth... Of, They've seen up there has just been phenomenal.
3: That's right, and it's important. You know, we we know that there's basic industry, and we all like to attract that basic industry to our community, but also the ripple effect that is caused. And we have these restaurants and we have retail stores, and they provide second incomes for households, mm-hmm. uh, raises the wealth in the community. And at the end of the day, as I you know, said to you earlier today, we're really interested in, in stimulating private sector investment because mm-hmm. that creates tax revenues to provide necessary public services. You know, when you hit nine one one, you want
2: you want to responder. You
3: want to hear sirens. That's right. So we want to stimulate private sector investment. We also want to have jobs for people that want to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the more jobs you can create, the more upward pressure you put on wages. No. And when uh, you put upward pressure on wages, uh, you know, it's 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 good for the household.
2: You talked about the young professional who wants uh, a smaller residence, probably like a condo. Are more condos planned for Clermont County?
3: Yes, sir. In fact, uh, if you're reading the papers right now, uh, there is some planning going on in Milford to do a major um, multifamily, we would call it a multifamily dwelling uh, arrangement uh, in downtown Milford adjacent to the river. And uh, also um, in the Eastgate area of Union Township, there are plans for a four-story uh, multifamily uh, unit uh, complex, I should say, mm-hmm. a multi-million-dollar project hundred and some odd units I don't want to get those numbers uh, too tight but uh, I think the point is is
2: what what part of the area
3: it would be right in and around I would say that's adjacent to uh, Ivy Point okay definitely designed for these young professionals that are moving into that uh, facility and uh, so Union Township is uh, Expressed a real positive and supportive uh, public policy position on multifamily housing. I think so there's a
2: developer who wants to actually build it.
3: Yes, sir. Site sites under control, zoning's under control, and uh, there have been announcements, uh, reports that the project is moving forward. Uh, Mike, it's the first time in years that I can recall that we've been building a multifamily housing
2: in this community. Four story. Ooh, that's that's fantastic.
3: Yeah. So a really, really positive, positive indication that this market right now is is on the move. It's on the move.
2: We're on the way up. Yes, sir. Way up. Well, uh, I can ask you a lot more questions, uh, Matt, but we're going to run out of time here. And I want to thank you for uh, coming out here to do the show with us. And I'm going to give you a copy of uh, Sandler's new book, The 11 uh, Success Principles, uh, which is released about two weeks ago went to number one on Amazon on the first day it was released. And if any of you want copies of it, you can k- get the Sandler Success Principles on Amazon.com or uh, contact here at uh, Sandler Training. Thanks, Matt, again for being part of the show. Scott, why don't you uh, take it away?
1: Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 Nine, four, zero, zero.